He's like, Danny, be real with the people, but don't lie to them. Freely admit that I am prejudiced against timeshares. So my definition of timeshare is prepaid vacations. And uh, last year, the average uh, timeshare sold for about $20,000. If you're a salesperson, this is something you want to tap into. Biggest thing with objections? For timeshare, all you hear is a bunch of negative things. And they were persuasive and they kept pushing us and pushing us and, and we'd say no and they'd say something else. Here we go, another one, episode... Something. <laughs> they just keep coming in. Welcome back to Sold in 60. We got a special guest on the show today. Welcome aboard, Danielle. Hey, how's it going? Good, good, What's up, good. Y'all? What's popping? So you are officially a timeshare professional. Yes, sir. Yes, I am. So welcome to the family. Welcome. Thank you. Appreciate, appreciate it. Um, let me ask you this. How did you get into the business? Honestly, I've been working with my company for two years and just seeing the sales environment, um, it honestly resonated with me and I feel like it it comes with my personality and I feel like it's something I always wanted to do and um, got on board, took the training course, got my real estate license and honestly just doing it. Ran with it. Right. So like, who, who was the person that, who introduced you to Timeshare? Honestly, this um, shopping, you know shopping? Yeah, yeah, young, mm-hmm. young child. Right. So yeah, That's we'll shop. <laughs> I feel like in this industry, someone always brings somebody in. Like, somebody sees somebody great, like, yo, you would be, you would be good at this. Right. You need to come into the world. So that's what's up. Right. So what was your, what was your experience as, as a person that's new into that business? Like, what was it like? Honestly, going into it's really frightening, I feel like, because you go into a sales floor and the reps are honestly sharks but Mm. at the end of the day like if you just have that persistence and confidence and going in with a positive mindset everything you speak into the universe you eventually put out and i don't know you just do it so you go into a new arena there's a bunch of salespeople that don't want to share nothing with you i did encounter that and i'm gonna be frank with you when i went in a lot of people kind of wanted to help me but I kind of, I don't know, I feel like I like to do things on my own, maybe ask for advice and tips, but I feel like when you start doing good and selling, I feel like, like I said, like that shark arena, when they see you doing good, they want you to be good, but nobody wants you to be better than them. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. So you think that the people the people that want to help you, let's talk about that, because we talked um, last week about Un, not say unsolicited advice, but people who mm-hmm. claim they, what do you call them? What um, would you call them? Uh, break room trainers. Break room trainers. Yeah. So people who are not getting tours, not doing sales, but they want to teach you stuff. Right. Would you say it was like that? Something, something of the sort. Um, half and half, you know. I tried talking to like people who I thought were top reps and some people who, you know, um, I knew from before going on the sales floor. Mm. It was kind of a mixture. However, um, you know, I take advice, stay humble, try to gain as much knowledge, ask as many questions as I can, stuff like that. When you say people that you thought were top riders, what do you mean by that? I mean, I mean, it's different because in the sales line, like you think the people who are top reps, they might just not be top reps. But like I said, when you walk onto the floor, you really have to act like you the best in the business or you're never going to succeed at the end of the day. So Absolutely. you really never know. Got to have that confidence. For all of it. 100%. I like that. I tell 100%. people, walk like you own the spot, like this is your all house. Right. 
Is this your first sale um, position? Um, sales like timeshare, definitely like real estate, 100% my first time, first rodeo, but um, I don't know, I'm killing it. <laughs> so, <laughs> What'd you sell before in the past? Uh, I honestly was in the customer service environment. Like right now I'm majoring in University of Central Florida in accounting and finance and a minor in international business. Mm. So I used to thought, I used to think that I want to sit down and like behind a desk, calculate numbers all day, nine to five, but it just wasn't not for me. Going to sales, seeing how much potential money you could be making. And I'm a people person, I like talking to people, so I really feel like mm-hmm. it's something I always wanted to do. Yeah, that's what's up. I think a lot of people starting this business, they be in college or they do, and then they see how much money they make and they be like, yeah, I'm not going back, I'm not doing what I initially was gonna do. Right, some people sell their soul for a hundred bands in college. And- <laughs> you come up half that in like one month, so. What was the biggest um, commission check that you've seen people get around you? Honestly, so like I said, Chapman kind of introduced me to Timeshare. However, like working in the customer service environment at my um, specific resort, someone came up to me and was just like, because I really never thought reps were making that much. I really just thought, I don't know what I thought. Someone just came and showed me their daily pay. They were making like $15,000 with one check. I'm like, wait, mm. where do I sign up, please? <laughs> and did you have a license, a real estate license at that time? No, I didn't. Oh, wow. So how fast did it sound like it was pretty fast? Honestly, when I saw that, when you're making a minimum wage and you know your potential, you're really going to ask, like, how do I get put on, mm. apply, find out the uh, process of the real estate, get your fingerprints done, submit the application, and it was up from there. Got you, got you, got you. So you initially started salary. So what's that like? Do they pay a certain salary regardless of what you sell? So they did, uh, starting out, I did um, start out with like a salary. However, at first I was kinda skeptic to put in my um, real estate license just cause like the trainers were telling me like, get your feet wet first, um, feel it out, you know, it may or may not be for you. Don't put in that um, real estate license and have to take from your job. But I feel like if I let my mind think like that, I wasn't going to make it. So it was a set salary and it was honestly low, not too far from what I was making hourly um, or per day from the customer service environment. So I felt like I had to put it in or I wasn't going to do good. So for you that are just listening and may not follow along, correct me if I'm wrong. So for those who are listening, if you don't follow along, if you are on a salary, you get paid a daily pay. And that daily pay is what you get paid regardless of what you sell. If you switch to being licensed, you no longer get a daily pay. Now you get a draw. And a draw is like a a loan Mm -hmm. where let's say they give you $80 a day as a loan. But when you get a sale and you earn a commission, you're going to pay back that draw. So correct me if I'm wrong. So basically, you have to make a decision like, Am I confident I'm going to sell or do I need that $100 salary to make sure I get paid something? And then you jump out there, you jump out in faith because you already know your potential. Right. I mean, scared money don't make no money at the end of the day. So, you know, you just have to take that risk. And if you don't feel like you could do it, then it's not the right environment for you at the end of the day. What about the people that if you so you're saying I have the option to not get a real estate license and still get paid whether I sell or not. So if I'm that person, I'm just chilling. I don't care if I sell or not. I'm making money every day. I don't have to sell. There's no pressure. What's going on with those people? I mean, obviously, there comes a point where they have to get 
fired or let go or something, right? I mean, how long can you go without a sale in order before they let you go? I mean, in regards to making sales just on a salary, you know, I feel like it's definitely um, your numbers might affect just because, you know, I feel like you don't have that extra push at the end of the day. Um, <laughs> you need to cut this out and not answer that question. <laughs> So how new? So how? When did you start selling timeshare? I started maybe three months ago. Oh, so you you a baby in the industry then? Right. Literally. Fresh. A baby, a baby. Um, grown fast though. Oh yeah. wow. Okay. 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 Got you. Got you. Got you. Three wow. months in. Three months in. Three months in. That's what's More up. Like a year. <laughs> That's what's up. Is it everything that they said it was? Honestly. And more. It's it it's great when you're in your highs but it does have that low so when you come into like a slump maybe you're selling a lot and then all of a sudden maybe you don't get a couple sales it does take a toll on you because it's really like a roller coaster of emotions but at the end of the day sales is that just a flow of emotions so and how do you stay motivated during the, the during the slum times during you go a week without selling how do you keep your mind you know straight and fresh and, and, and on point it could be hard because you really start to think like what am i doing wrong um, is there anything I could have fixed? Like, I should have recorded myself. But if you keep saying negative things, like I said, everything you put into the universe, that's what you're going to get out of. So you really have to change your mindset and walk around like you're you're that bitch on the floor. So. Right. Got you. Right. I like it. That's what's up. For sure. So what would you say so far has been your hardest objection? Hardest objection would be a couple. So, like I said, if I don't create that urgency, I definitely get a not today or I have to think about it. And I try to keep it short, simple, stupid, but sometimes um, I get those objections like, oh, I have to think about it or I have to talk to a brother, a cousin, my accountant, my lawyer. So you feel like maybe you gave them a skeptic vibe or some sort, but I really try to... Um, display all my information thoroughly and stuff like that so you know the business just takes a lot of tenacity and persistence right. and sometimes you just gotta keep going back and asking, and asking. Yeah. when I seen you the other day I know you had brought up like you know like you were talking about something and um, mm -hmm. something clicked and been popping since then right I just uh, I think like I said I was encountering that like slump and I let that get to my head and I just needed that little push or a little motivation like to keep persevering and being persistent. So. Awesome. Are you working um, on the in-house side or the frontline side or the dayline side? Dayline. Dayline. Okay. Okay. All righty. Got mm -hmm. you. So you're building the dream. All right. All right. Putting them in the picture. Mm-hmm. I always, I always thought of going to in-house, but I appreciate dayline because really you're welcoming them in the door and you're just giving them basic basic information and honestly being new to the resort it's kind of better for me because i'm honestly learning with them absolutely that makes sense. yeah 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 absolutely you know especially if they would have just threw you in on the in-house side of owners that's been owning for 10 15 20 years they probably know the presentation better than you at that point it might be a little confusing at first yeah. there's no there's no in-house without daylight it's dope. So let me ask you this. <clears throat> what do you think is, in your definition, what is the TO's job? Um, 
so if I do my job correctly the CEO just gotta drop the price and they're pulling out the card but sometimes you know you'll do your job good and the TO, since they've been working there for a while, could feel if there's a deal or not. And, you know, I notice when my TOs stay longer on my table, they're trying to pull that deal. And so sometimes they're just dropping the price and cleaning up what you may have not did too much of a good job. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If they feel there's something there, they're going to try to pull right, it. Right, exactly. And if not, then it's just that. That's good, though. That means you got a good TO to work with. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because not, mm-hmm. not all of them go hard oh, yeah. on the table. I mean, I've encountered a couple. I just feel like um, the TOs I work with really try to motivate me, give me some advice. Um, really just whenever I'm encountering those highs and lows, just try to tell me to balance it out and go from there. So, yeah. nice. so what do you do to keep yourself motivated? To keep myself motivated, I really try to learn as much as I can, ask questions, try to um, read, listen to different podcasts, listen to different timeshare books, um, try to gain as much knowledge as I possibly can. Um, honestly, I just tried doing this new thing. I'd be like researching different resorts that a couple of my um, families that are already owners so I could kind of handle those objections. Mm. Do you practice outside of work? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like in training, they told me to breathe, eat, and sleep. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> eat, eat, breathe, and sleep the resort. So with that being said, um, yeah, I just have to. I'm, I literally was on my like GPS the other day, and I ride it like, home. And it literally was bringing me to the, my resort. And it's like, I don't even be home as much as I will be working. So... Mm-hmm. It really be like that. Have you experienced um, any of those timeshare naps where you just work all day, talk all day, and you just go home and just knock out? Timeshare naps, I honestly call them like, I go to, like, I will get home at 4 o'clock, and I will wake up at 3 in the morning, mm-hmm. go to sleep till 4.30, and I will wake up at 5.30 a.m. Mm. So I don't think that's a nap. I genuinely think I just knock out the whole day. Got you. So you have to be at the resort about, what, 8, 9 o'clock? 725. 7.25. 7.25. And you're out of work by 2, 3 o'clock? Depending when I get out of dating, sometimes 2 o'clock if I don't have a late deal, and maybe if I have a late deal, maybe 4 o'clock. So. Gotcha. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. But I've been thinking, like, I'm not sure. Is that, like, healthy? <laughs> <laughs> like, to take a long nap like that? Because I heard it's good to get your sleep, but I just, I'm not sure of it. Well, are you eating breakfast in the morning? I do eat breakfast. Okay, so you're good then. You know what I find when you work at a resort? Like, there's no break for, like, lunch or food or stuff like that. You find yourself just working, 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 Mm -hmm. getting to feed yourself. Right. I mean, sometimes, like, I have to remind myself, because we do have a hot breakfast line on the floor. Sometimes I personally get hangry, and I realize that sometimes Hmm. it shows in my tours. So before a tour, I have to eat me a little bite or... I'm, I'm probably going to show my emotion and they're going to realize it. Because you think about it, like, they're in front of you. They don't, you don't see how you look like to them. So right. sometimes you really have to be yourself. And if I'm, if I'm hungry, <laughs> so I'm not going to be myself. Are they still feeding the families? Um, they still have, like, the buffet set out for them and everything like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. We do. We just, like, switch to, like, a hotline. But they be serving hot dogs. and. Do you eat with them? 
I pretend to eat with them because basically one of my trainers saw me the other day like not eating with my family and she said it's disrespectful almost because like they'll have like 10 hot dogs on a plate and I'm not, I'm not eating like I'm better than them. She's like, do you think you're better than them because you're not eating? And basically I like got a bowl of like cereal and I just like will stir my spoon or something pretending or something. Got you. Have you ever told a family... Um, okay, guys, let me see if I can do this for you. Let me see if I can help you out. Just give me one more second. I'll be right, I'll be right back. And you go around the corner and you just eat hot dog or have something to drink and you're just chilling maybe on your phone or something. Or... So getting a TO is super hard sometimes, especially with how the busy resort uh, gets in the summer. Mm-hmm. So I'll tell them that and maybe get water, hide behind like a little pole, like yeah, watch yeah, yeah, my yeah, TO yeah. from a distance. But it could be nerve wracking sometimes. Has there ever been an opportunity or a deal on the table and, you know, I guess in your mind at the time you were like, damn, this is not a deal or I lost it or whatever. But then, lo and behold, you were still able to save the deal and get the deal out of something that you didn't think was a deal. Has that ever happened to you? Honestly, a lot of my tables, sometimes I really don't think they're deals just because sometimes it's like a lack of communication with them. Sometimes they'll be closed off um, and once i start feeling like it's not a deal something about me stops caring and sometimes when you stop caring that's when you get the deal because sometimes you're too you're too selly is that a word yeah yeah, yeah, you're too you're too much of a salesman and when you stop caring they're really like okay maybe we like this so they they call it commission breath commission breath yeah yeah and they they feel that they do feel that for sure absolutely that's funny they say eat with the families. I don't, I personally don't like eating with my families just because <laughs> I have braces. So it's like, uh, I don't want to like, you know, worry about that and just like have something. Braces are different because you got to floss after. Right. A hundred percent. I mean, I'm supposed to get them off in three weeks. So. <clears throat> That's dope. <laughs> I've had a killer smile. Right. Just get me some. <laughs> so what's your goal for this year? My goal this year as like how much I want to sell. So what I'm trying to do is my first month I sold, I made a goal for myself of 150,000 and I sold almost 170. Your first month? My first month. That's a, you made a goal for your first month to sell 150,000. Yeah. That's a big ass goal. This month. (laughs) That's a big ass goal for your first time. (laughs) Right. I mean, honestly, I didn't think it was too much, but then I like kind of looked at the board and I was like, wow, like I actually did way better than people who've been there for a minute. But it's not, not no cocky shit. I really did want this like from a long time. Like, so I used to work in the department that I was gifting the reps. And I feel like sometimes when I was in that department, people kind of um um, what's the word like looked looked down upon right yeah like didn't see like they don't know me outside they don't know that you know i'm a college student like i'm interested in sales stuff like Like that so so yeah they looked at me like i'm a peasant or i'm like stupid or something so once i got on the floor i feel like people were kind of like fishy like "Mm, what is she doing here but i mean i feel like i did good and will she make it right Mm. you know what i'm saying they see people people like judge you based on the department you're in. You know what right. I'm saying? Or the position you're in. And you're a salesperson, you get commission. This person is making an hourly wage. Hey, or get this person their gifts. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Right. But I mean, it's all motivation at the end of the day because once you come from a space like that, 
and show people that you have the grit and the power to um, want to better yourself. It's actually amazing. Where are you from originally? Originally, ethnicity-wise or <laughs> cut that one out? <laughs> Both. All the above. So I'm originally from Queens, New York. Gang, um, gang, Queens yes, in the sir. building. <laughs> Nikki. Yeah. Nikki Stan, all right. But um, ethnicity-wise, I'm actually Armenian and Syrian. That's what's up. Actually, that's what's up. So naturally, I mean, you got it in you. Just from based upon where you're from and background. Exactly. I like money. Yeah. <laughs> Talk to that's what's up. You're going to be dope. But this month, my goal is 200,000. So I'm like little by little, like 150, 200, 250, 300. And hopefully, I mean, if I keep in the next four to five months, if I keep the pace I'm at, I should be a million dollar writer. And that's honestly the goal. And will. And definitely. For sure. For sure. Get that ring. Right. I mean, you could just no, take slide. It off, <laughs> slide it off your finger. That's what's up. <laughs> So training process, um, coming, coming in, what was the training like for you? And does it still apply to today? Honestly, it does apply just because it really sets the foundation. Training honestly was hard. Just, um, so th that three week training class is actually super tough just cause they give you what, five pages a day to memorize. And it's like an 80 page book. And looking back at it, we memorized an 80 page book word for word like letter for letter in three weeks and i think about it all the time if i actually just like i'm a smart kid like i am working on my bachelor's right now however if i tried that hard in high school i would have gone into harvard law like, <laughs> really for sure. So, for sure, i mean it does still apply though um it just sets the foundation um coordinates you with time so you don't just go off ba uh, babbling you know mm -hmm. Structure like a sequence. Mm -hmm. a sequence so, what do you do? How do you handle? I know you're on the day line, so I'm assuming these people don't own Westgate yet. But I mean, do you encounter people that they don't own at your resort, but they own at another resort, and you still have to sell them a different package? So, if they own at a different resort, um, I just try to figure out if it's points or weeks try mm. to see they're locked into a specific point or week, um, what they like about the program, what they don't like the program. And you really have to make people sell themselves because the less you talk, the more questions you ask, the more they're going to tell you, and that's how you're going to sell them. For sure. Damn, she's good. Yeah. You, start, you sure this your Dang. first <laughs> first time selling time? Sure? <laughs> My goodness. Maybe, maybe in another life. <laughs> I'm not sure. Yeah, she's saying all the right things. Um, so real quick, we're going to take, a second to pay some bills obviously uh, we want to shout out to our sponsors richdale school of real estate if you're looking to uh, get your continuing education class if you're looking to get your real estate license if you're looking to become a real estate agent you want to work in the timeshare industry obviously you got to go to a real estate school first and richdale school of real estate is definitely the school to go go to they're going to take care of you we also want to shout out factual film studio for making this podcast um, the most in-demand podcast on the internet right now. That's what they're saying. You know what I'm saying? That's the messages that I'm getting. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Confirmation. Um, and obviously, we're here with the most influential man in the world, Mr. Richard Roberts. And we got a, <laughs> we got a special guest here today, uh, Boss Lady Danielle, who, from what they say, just came from Deeding, right? You got a deal today? Is that what I heard? Or what's... Okay, for sure, for sure, for sure, man. That's, that's good. That's good. <laughs> So, Miss Danielle, for for 
people looking to get into uh, the timeshare industry, uh, maybe they're on the fence. Maybe they say, oh, well, I heard those people are making money, but I'm not sure. Whatever the case they got going on, what uh, bit of advice would you give to someone on edge thinking about getting in the industry? Looking back at where I was a year ago, definitely, and where I'm now, seeing how much money I've made, I honestly, I've made as much money as I was making in a year, in one month. So if you're on the fence, definitely get into it, really have that confidence, have that grit, have that power, um, educate yourself, um, get your real estate license and just do it, you know, if you like it, you like it, you don't. There's always something else out there for you. For sure. 